hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Monday. Well, it's been an interesting weekend. Not a bad weekend, I guess, but uh, we had the coronation. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get up at 5 o'clock in the morning on Saturday to watch it. I'm sorry. It's, uh, you know, I, and there's a part of me, you know, Bill, I'm, I'm Irish, so <laughs> there's a part of me that says, eh, nah. that's not for me. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, a lot of things going on. I wanted to play a cut, if I could. This is Megyn Kelly uh, on her podcast. and uh, Is this where she uh, renames Fox? Yeah. she Well, she, she calls it Fox Wiser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fox Wiser. Um, but she also says a, a little, uh, there's a word in here that, uh, well, I think we all no, can no, live we'll with see. it. But uh, anyway, here it is. Megyn Kelly. They've lost almost two thirds of the audience that helps pay their bills they're left with about a third of their audience i mean that's stunning and i looked up and down the board at the rest of the prime time which with all due respect to the daytime is all anyone gives a shit about over there at fox news the prime time pays the bills period they're all down um just did a a quick calculation the 9 p.m demo which of course is hannity he follows tucker is down almost 40 percent down 39%. The 10 p.m., down 24% in the demo, down almost 20% in the total. And I could go on. The 11% got, the 11 o'clock got hurt too. Greg Gutfeld, he was averaging um, 17.45 a night in the overall. Now he's down to 15.86. He was averaging 2.58 in the demo. Now he's down to 2.07. And that's the least hurt hour. All the others are down double digits. They have lost repeatedly. To MSNBC. Amazing. Amazing. You know, I used to think, even recently, I used to think, well, you know, if you're a CEO or chairman of the board of a corporation, a major successful corporation, you're a pretty smart person and you're going to do everything you can to maximize the uh, the product that you represent. But then I see what happened with Budweiser. I see what happened here with Fox and, you know, Smirnoff Vodka. They are in the process right now of doing the exact same thing that Budweiser did. And I'm thinking, how can these major corporations who have already had the advantage of seeing what happened to Budweiser continue doing the things they're doing? Is there another agenda here that I'm missing? Well, there might be. Maybe they think that they're going to go after a market that uh, is uh, is going to uh, take them in and embrace them. And be uh, the other people will be forgiving. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it's amazing that uh, that successful corporations that make billions of dollars. If I were, by the way, a uh, <laughs> I know he's showing me a picture right now. Yeah, this, no, no, no. This is a picture uh, from uh, uh, Anthropology. I know it's a brand. It's yeah. another. It's another clothing line, I believe. Uh, another brand. And they're modeling women's clothing with men. Yeah, and high heels and the skimpy outfits and, you know, the, the I don't know what you call the, you know, the muscled legs going down. And their slogan is never anthropologize, which is clever. I will give them that. But is it uh, clever enough to take them over the top? Well, yeah, you know what? Actually, it is going to take them over the top in a roundabout way. You know, so am I missing something, Bill? I'm. I know that I'm a little older now, and and things happen when you get older. But uh, 
you know, there was never even an issue about transgenderism up until recently, up until like within the last year. All of a sudden, this something that wasn't is something. It's a cause. And well, the numbers, the numbers, or the demos don't um, don't signify or uh, whatever it is. They don't validate the the push. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, the the when you look at the percentages of that that culture they're going after, it's mm-hmm. very low. It's very minimal. So it doesn't really accentuate or, or you know qualify the push that they're putting behind it. Why they're doing it, I don't know. There's got to be a hidden agenda, and that agenda would only be one thing. Right. To divide us. It's kind of like what's going on with uh, California, where they finally said, yep, uh, reparations are in order. Uh, and, you know. Reparations I, are in order. That's amazing. I well, mean, they're, they're doing it now. Well, do they put it to a vote? Do the people have yeah. a say? Well, no, the people don't have a say. The, the government's going to do it, and other states are following. But here's, here, you know, when you, when you carry the thought through, you know, these people weren't, you know, discriminated against. It is, and I didn't say that right. I should have never said these people, so I apologize for that. But they, the people that will get the money, mm-hmm. did not have, right. they didn't suffer. They weren't, you know, it's generations ago. Well, and, I have a question for you, Bill. How about the people who gave their lives for their ancestors' freedom? Well, they don't count because the the Biden administration does not care about them. I have a story somewhere in the stack of paper here about that where uh, one of his people uh, said something, you know, about their administration just doing what they're going to do. They don't care because they think that the average American person, you know, there are enough jobs out there that we can eliminate other jobs by, like when he took uh, land that Trump opened up for you know, prospecting oil, which mm-hmm. we know oil is there. He closed it down again, and and his spokesperson sat there and said, well, there's enough jobs out here. Americans don't need them. That's not the point about jobs. The you point know, is we need the freaking oil. You know, um, California was not a southern state in the Civil War. Uh, it didn't have a horse in the race, really. I don't even think it was a state as of uh, – as of 1860, was it? And if it was, it was a small well, state struggling to get on its feet. Uh, it didn't have the population, obviously, it has now. But, you know, when you start having reparations, do the northern states give reparations at some point? Are they going to go to I, places like I, Pennsylvania, New York? I think there are blue states that are, are leaning towards doing that. And I don't agree with it, but that's where they're going with it. And um, it's states, not a good thing. States that actually fought for freedom i have no idea how deep this goes but you know when that domino falls other dominoes will fall and have to fall behind them now my question is is you know is it going to be enough down the road are we going to open the door for you know rampant inflation you know because the cost of goods are going to go up because of all the extra money that's out there Somebody might get only so much money and somebody else gets more money. And it's going to cause a rift in our society. All of a sudden, uh, the haves are going to be fighting against the have-nots. Let's look at it this way. Let's say you live next door to a, a family that gets reparations. 
You know what? And is, you don't. And you don't get it. Yeah. Well, they'll say you had to, you know, you had to be discriminated against to get it. Well, you know what? Actually, I raised my hand. You know, yes, I'm an older gentleman now, but I was alive during the time. Obviously, I'm alive now. Right. I was alive during the time when they sat there and they said, oh, I'm sorry, you know, EEO. You know, and a lot of times there were jobs I probably had in my my file at one time, rejection letters you know, that were over 50, and not because of talent, because I sat there and I talked to everybody, and they sat there and said, no, we want to do that, but, uh, you know, we had to we had to do government enforced quotas, and that's not taking away anything from the talent because you know at first sure. I was a little angry, and then after that I said I got to listen to this person. I said well they're not bad they're they're good, and but with, it with, wasn't they were better. But they with, were just with these reparations, how much of a minority do you have to have in you? Well, now that's a question, and who's going to make that decision? And how long is it going to take? To do that, how are they going to prove it and back it up? I don't know. I mean, uh, there are some people who, um, they. I mean, a lot of people have minority blood in them. Some of them don't even know it. It's true. Uh, I've known some. Uh, It's just the way it is. It's the way life is. Uh, And and at what point is there the cutoff? Well, the question has always been, You know, we're giving all this money away. At some point in time, are they going to say, okay, uncle, we're going to give everybody reparations for the sins of the past of, you know, of all of our ancestors. Well, great. Where's the money coming from? Where is this money? I mean, we live in a, we live in a country that has a uh, fiat economy. You know, our money is fiat. It means there is no, there's, we don't back it with gold or silver anymore. Yeah, we have that, but it's not backed by that. It's backed by us saying, we're going to print a dollar with a denomination on it, and here we go. Don't you think that what they're trying to do right now in our country is to divide us? I mean, to make us angry with each other, to be fighting one against the other? I mean, the whole, oh, yeah. the whole transgender issue didn't exist. I uh, think before that, we had the BLM movement. That hadn't existed two years before. Every couple of years they're trying to create something that'll keep us upset in the meantime they're robbing the store and I, I point to the southern border for example I mean uh, that is unbelievable how we can be talking about anything else right now other than the southern border yet we are the southern border is about to be overrun not just you know uh, invaded overrun they're gonna smother the south I don't know how the people in Texas are going to take it. I said to a friend of mine, I said, uh, I can't imagine that they're not talking about vigilantes. I can't imagine that they're on ranchers down there right now saying, if the government won't do it, we've got to take the matter into our own hands because you're about to be, you're about to be overrun, period. Your ranch is going to be probably ruined. The people that you love are going to be in danger. Not by everybody crossing the border, obviously. Obviously, they're wonderful people. I mean, everyone wants to, wants to you know, grab a hold of the dream. But uh, there are going to be some very nefarious bad people coming across, too. They said, I heard a report over the weekend, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of terrorists on the terror watch that have gotten across the border and they've lost them. So we've allo- they've allowed terrorists into the country 
and we don't know where they are now. All right. Go back to the reparations, these people coming over. Are there going to be any entitlements for them? Now, I ask that because, uh, you know, sometime back when I lived down in Miami and, uh, you know, there was the, the, the people that would come across the, you know, come to the shore. Uh, you know, the rule was, okay, if your boat gets caught out at sea, you go home. But if you got off the boat, you swam ashore, and you set your foot down on American soil, both feet planted on the sand, no mm-hmm. water, then you now came to this country, and you had a clean, and that was the big thing. People sat there and said, well, these people have a clean credit, credit uh, slate. They get granted a certain credit allowance and money, and they're set up better than the average working person that, you know, grew up in a nice, you know, middle-class family, graduated high school, got a job out there working, have bills to pay, and can't afford to get all the things that these people were getting when they came over. Is the same thing going to happen on the border, or are we going to give them a big, giant handout to start life here in America? You know, um, God only knows. I I don't know uh, what the heck they're thinking in Washington, because if it were me, I would have, uh, they sent 1,500 down, to the border troops down to the border, I would have, you know, 150,000 troops on the border. There would be nobody coming across the border if it were me. If and I, the, I think if Trump were there, the the wall would be finished, and there would be people, you know, protecting us from this. But this guy we have, and now this is what happens when you vote in uh, an evil, selfish. Uh, senile old guy, and, and and I say the old guy. That's recently, but he wasn't a very nice guy when he was a younger man. He, no, he was egotistical. He was greedy. I mean, this bit with uh, uh, selling influence in Washington when he was the vice president. This isn't new. Do you think he just started selling influence? I mean, how does a guy who makes $150,000 a year become a multimillionaire? He's not the only one, by the way. He is not the only one in Washington. Uh. Dianne Feinstein and her family made millions, millions of dollars while she was in office. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and her family Mm. made millions of dollars while she was in office. They didn't do it the old-fashioned way. Well, maybe they did if the old-fashioned way is is stealing it. Yeah, Yeah, because that's the greatest way to make money throughout history is to steal it. Yep, yep. And uh, so, anyway, uh, by the way, on Wednesday, in case you hadn't heard, uh, there's going to be uh, a big meeting, a big press conference, and uh, I got the story here. James Comer was on with Maria Bartiromo. Right. And uh, here's what he had to say. My message to the Department of Justice is very loud and clear. Do not indict Hunter Biden before Wednesday when you have the opportunity to see the evidence that the House Oversight Committee will produce with respect to the web of LLCs, with respect to the number of adversarial countries that this family influence peddled in. This is not just about the president's son. This is about the entire Biden family, including the president of the United States. So we believe there are a whole lot of accounts that the IRS and the DOJ don't know about because we don't believe they've done a whole lot of digging in this. And we have. Uh, we've spent the past hundred days pouring 
over bank documents. I've used subpoena power to get these bank documents. We've been meeting with uh, former associates of the Bidens in their different influence peddling schemes. We've been meeting with whistleblowers. We know exactly uh, what this family was doing. And by all accounts from the, the media reports that we're getting, what they're looking at charging Hunter Biden on is a, is a slap on the wrist. It's a drop in the bucket. So Wednesday will be a very big day uh, for the American people in getting the facts presented to them so that they can know the truth. And then the Department of Justice can finally do what they should have done years ago. What? Well, obviously, the president's sons committed many crimes, many crimes. I mean, you're, you're looking at potential money laundering. Jonathan Turley comes on Fox all the time and talks about uh, he was essentially a foreign agent for countries like China. Uh, he's an unregistered foreign agent. They, you know, those are serious crimes. You've got the possible racketeering. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And again, Maria, it's not just the president's son. And we don't believe these countries were paying the Biden family for nothing. We believe yeah. they were getting a return on their investment and the return on the investment would have been policy decisions for then Vice President Joe Biden and current President Joe Biden. He started his comments out by saying, uh, my message to the Department of Justice is don't indict uh, Hunter Biden until we have our press conference on Wednesday because they got a ton of heavyweight charges that they may present to the, to, uh, the, the world on Wednesday. But I think what's going to happen on, no, Tuesday, on Tuesday is they're going to they're gonna indict... Uh, they're going to indict Hunter tomorrow, oh, Tuesday, and it's going to be really weak charges. But the problem is, is when they file an indictment against somebody, they suck up all the other oxygen out of the room. All the other charges have to be put aside because they become the primary uh, instrument, the, mm -hmm. the indictment, and and everything else becomes superfluous. It, meaningless. I think I, I think I read too. They were planning on having Hunter indicted uh, today or tomorrow. So, and that's you know, so. Well, I, when I saw this story, I said that's great, as long as they follow through with it. But here's the problem. You know, I think they got everything. But if it were me on the Hunter team, I'd say, you know what, son, you're going to take this hit because they're misdemeanors, and let's go with it, and no problem. And then that that protects Joe because. If now, if you know, if they said we're moving up our pref press conference to uh, 15 minutes from now, and they they just go ahead and launch the indictment and say forget about Wednesday, it's off, you know, then it's a race, you know, to the gavel to see who gets there first, and that's what they should do because then all bets are off. But then I bet you there would be a big major catastrophe to distract us from Biden and and the whole dilemma. But he says he has a plan B which means that I think they'll have a press conference anyway, and they will announce all the charges that they should have paid some attention to. See, the problem that guys like Merrick Garland are going to have is if they if they uh, charge him with all these lesser charges on Tuesday, uh, it's going it's to, I think, force the Congress to go after Merrick Garland and try to impeach him as the attorney general for... But it's not going if, to... If it's not going to dismiss... Hunter and Joe. I mean, well, you right know what's going to you know happen with Hunter? He's going to get pardoned by uh, by Joe. It, it, when all is yeah. said and done, if they file indictment charges against Hunter 
and he's found guilty, Joe's going to pardon him. So, I mean, it, it is... Uh, well, that's why Wednesday's important, because if it takes down Hunter and it implicates Joe, Joe could be gone after right away. Stephen Miller, former uh, Trump advisor, had some comments. Listen. America First Legal released records uh, showing uh, deals between uh, communist China and the Biden family. What can you tell us about these records that America First Legal uh, has been getting through the first uh, Freedom of Information Act? Yeah, so we filed a Freedom of Information Act request for Vice President Biden's records pertaining to all things Hunter and Rosemont Seneca, the, the Hunter firm. And we've now received, since we filed that FOIA and since we filed a lawsuit to compel document production, we've now received three tranches of emails that have been stunning, whether it's been showing the Vice President's use of personal email, which is of course forbidden, but also showing extensive, continuous collaboration and communication between the vice president's government office and Hunter Biden and his advisors. You cannot tell where Hunter Biden's consulting firm ends and where Joe Biden's office begins. They communicated and coordinated on press statements, on official foreign travel and foreign visits. You had Hunter Biden meeting with and talking with Tony Blinken before major foreign trips abroad. And you have to ask yourselves, what were they talking about what were they discussing what is hunter biden discussing with joe biden's advisors and that's something that's going to have to be determined if the house is able to get these individuals under oath in a deposition to ask those questions but clearly these conversations were not about the weather they were not about child care they were not about vacation plans this is well, about enriching the biden family using the power of the state well, there were certain uh, memos that were shielded from you because they said, the government said that they were about government business. So how yes. ironic. I mean, how yeah, could it be about shocking. government business if it's about Hunter Biden's business? That's exactly right. So one of the one of the documents that we got back specifically said we cannot, it's all blacked out. We cannot give you any of the material in these emails because these Hunter Biden discussions pertain to the official business of government and advice and counsel provided by the president or the vice president and his advisors at the highest levels of government. This is official activity. We can't share it. it that, that, that shield is an admission that what they are doing is using the Biden business to to conduct foreign affairs. That is a complete betrayal of the American people. And you combine that with yeah. the shocking revelations that James Comer has put forward about the web of LLCs that has apparently been used to get around U.S. tax law, hello IRS, and that has been used quite clearly to enrich the Biden family, 10% for the big guy. You combine the money-making scheme with what we have uncovered in these emails. You can read them all yourself at aflegal.org. We've put them all out there. And what you may have is the single biggest foreign corruption scandal in American history wow. that now reaches all the way to the Oval Office. What if the DOJ does not comply? I mean, he's doing this press conference on Wednesday. What if they indict Hunter Biden on Tuesday and then everything is frozen off limits? Uh, you know, Comer said, then we'll go to Plan B. What is Plan B, do you think? 
Well, real quick, first of all, there's a very real chance that Hunter Biden will be indicted on very low-level, insignificant charges as a distraction play, both to shield Hunter and to also, more importantly, to shield Joe Biden from accountability. Don't put that past DOJ. As to the second point, they're going to have to, in my view, pursue impeachment against the uh, Attorney General of the United States if he does not fully cooperate and comply. And the context of that impeachment will give you enormous powers to bring people in for depositions and to compel discovery. And the courts will give the House enormous discretion. Amazing. That's, uh, that's, of course, Stephen Miller, former Trump advisor. You know, and and they asked... uh, they asked Biden what his thoughts about the whole thing was. Listen. Sir, there is oh. something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency? First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. Oh, my gosh. Did you hear, by the way, the way she phrased the question? I'm going to play the beginning. Oh, yeah. It was, here's, the, here's the beginning part. Again, this is Stephanie Rule. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged. While there's no ties right. to you. <laughs> yeah, I picked that up right away because it's already the setup. They know they're in on the uh, they're in on the game, and they know what their next play is. It's uh, fourth and goal, and yeah. they're not going to let uh, the Republicans run across the uh, you know the goal line. You were just holding up the Constitution while the uh, last audio piece was was rolling and uh you you bring that up for what reason well i was going to uh you know mention uh oh geez let me grab it here did i catch you by surprise (laughs) yeah you did because i I mentioned we could save this for another time but basically uh the deal with the economy uh the uh, constitution has to do with the national debt which we can't pay our bills right now technically we are in default but it's official in june now, they don't know what to do. I mentioned we have a fiat economy where we really don't have anything to back it. We can print more money. Right, right. But it gets down to the, uh, what is it, uh, you know, the uh, fourth article of uh, the Constitution where Congress can sit there and intervene, you know, when we're talking about the debt. Mm-hmm. And they want to rewrite the Constitution, you know, uh, and we're talking about Amendment 14 to basically give us the, uh, the power to... Um, you know, just spend away. Which is amazing. They want to keep raising the debt ceiling. Uh, it's like having a credit card and saying your limit is $15,000. Then you reach your limit, and then they say, okay, it's $20,000. And then you reach $20,000, and then they say, okay, it's $30,000. No well, consequence. Yeah, there, uh, there's even talk of just saying, we're going to wipe out the debt. There is no debt. Okay, the government has no debt. Well, if you're going to wipe out debt, let's wipe out all debt. You know, if you have a mortgage on a house, let's wipe it out. If you've got credit card bills, let's wipe it out. Your car, you own it now. As a matter of fact, you have no debt. Okay, but what about the people who paid off their mortgage? Screw them. They're not important. (laughs) I'm Joe Biden. I'm running for president again. Oh, my gosh. uh, We live in strange times. All I can say is. Or, you know what? You get a $1,200 check. You know, I mean, we're giving away money, so let's go ahead and make it a free-for-all because, it, you know, everything that's going on right now is about them holding on to power for how, how, how many months until Election Day? Until Election you know, Day? Well, it's, it's got to be uh, almost two years yet. I mean, it'll be, uh, it's November of 2024. 
Uh, so goodness knows. Uh, but I can tell you they want to change, you said, the Constitution in more ways than one. They want to take away your gun rights, right? Uh, you know, over the weekend there was a shooting, a mass shooting in Texas. and yeah. But it doesn't fit the narrative. So you're not hearing much about it. As a matter of fact, they've moved on already to other other topics because mm-hmm. it was, uh, they believe, it was a security guard who was a, a minority. Uh, uh, they think he might have even been an illegal. They're not really sure, but they're keeping yeah, that they, that quiet. They got him, but he won't he won't give his true identity. So now they're having to you know do all kinds of tests to find out then who he a, really is. The, there was another mass murder in Texas, yeah. I believe, with a car. They ran yeah. over a bunch of people, and that guy was also, I believe, an illegal. Yeah, maybe I'm getting the two illegals but, but it's okay. crossed I mean, up, but it doesn't matter, you yeah, know? Yeah, And Abbott is sitting there saying, you know, wait a minute, there's something more than meets the eye here because people are going, why did the government do this? So he is directly pointing to the government is doing this. And I think it gets back to the thing we talked about the other day about gun control. You know, they sit there and they put up abortion, and then they sit there and go, we have an epidemic of gun violence. Well, you know what? Gun violence is not good, but when you look at the real numbers versus deaths by abortion, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're talking not even a percent. We're talking a sub-sub-zero percentage point of what these mass shootings are doing. And, yes, they're, they're heartstring pullers. Yes, they are. But when you look at the, uh, the uh, deaths by uh, abortion, right. oh, that's a heartstring, you know, well, you know they don't because- want They don't want to make it a requirement to show the uh, young mothers the the fetus in the womb they, you know they when they do ultrasounds oh. on the, they don't want they don't want them to see that because when they see that most women who were thinking about getting an abortion change their mind because they realize mm. that these are small little people they have the fingers the hand the brain the spinal column all of these they they react to light and touch all of these things are for real and they'd rather not think about that, and they'd rather not show it to the young mothers. Yeah, you know, and, and people have given a pass, you know, that are pro-life that say, well, you know, up to the first trimester because you can lose a baby then. But you know what? I've got a daughter-in-law that just announced because somebody in the family figured it out. They weren't going to announce until July mm-hmm. when the first trimester would be over. But, no, it, the, the cat got out of that bag, and so now it's out there. And I saw, you know, the little ultrasound of, of the baby, mm-hmm. and it's sitting there. You can see the legs, you can see the arms, and you can see the hand up to the mouth. And I'm going like, well, I don't know if it's doing anything there. But the point is, you can see what we would call exactly human life, and this is not that many weeks. Well, you know, so, you know Bill, the heart's beating. Yeah. And the thing about that is, the heart, once it starts to beat, it doesn't stop beating until you die 80 or 90 years later. I mean, or whatever, you know? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't restart at birth. It doesn't kickstart at birth. It continues from the time it starts initially beating as a fetus. Yeah, and you know what? It's got a brain, and that brain has got programmed protocols as it develops and grows, so it's a living, breathing, thinking being that is inside the mother. And, oh, let's go ahead and take it. It doesn't count up until birth. And, you know, you're talking a million a year. That's 8% of the population. Whereas these gun violence, as tragic as they are, 
we're talking 0.00003%. Boy. Now, you tell me which is worse, but the worst thing is, is when you look at how many people have guns in the United States, legal guns. We're talking over 133 million Americans, and they probably have, you know, two guns at least. So you've got an army of a half billion people or a half billion guns that are here and, you know, purposely put into our Constitution, the right to bear arms, Mm -hmm. to keep our government in check. Right. They don't want to be in check. And that is the big picture, and that's the reason for all these distractions that they're creating. Just remember that. You are a puppet on a string to them. That's all right. you are. Well, uh, they they have reason right now to be a little concerned because uh, they're doing a terrible job with our country right now. They're doing a terrible job. It sucks. I mean, everywhere you look, I mean, how they're handling the Ukraine. Why are we involved in a war? Why are we sending all of our, our uh, assets over to uh, the Ukraine? I mean, with all due respect, is it our fight? Do we have any right to be uh, so deeply involved in that war? No, we don't. Now, Russia claims over the weekend it shot down, and there's video on the Internet of it, of them shooting down at least one that I saw. saw But they say they shot down over 20 drones over the Black Sea, which means those are drones that were being shot towards Russia right. to, you know, a, an attack. And Zelensky says, we haven't fired any drones towards Russia. You know, like like we're supposed to believe this. I, I keep saying to myself, isn't it in our best interest to be working on a peace plan between these two countries? Isn't it in our best interest to be friends with Russia? I mean, they have stockpiles of nuclear weapons, many of them that are programmed to hit our major cities. Isn't it to our benefit to have them uh, have some kind of friendly relationship with Russia? Or, Or is it to our benefit to be confrontational with them? I, they think in Washington that is to our benefit to be at war right now with Russia. I think there's an element in Washington that wants us in a shooting war with Russia. The sooner, the better. How do we know that we're not using Ukraine as a puppet, too? And this is just nothing more than a big cat and mouse game. Who knows? Maybe we, we, we launched those drones. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's blamed on the Ukraine, and we're going, well, we didn't do it. We're not, going, we didn't do it. You know, who the hell did it? We're not getting the whole truth. You know that. No, no, we're not. I mean, it's, it's terrible, but, you know, they do such a great sales job on all of this. And then there are people that you might have respected at one time that come forward and say, look, you know, the, the proof is there. You know, you gotta, you, you've got to believe the source that's presenting the quote-unquote proof. Mm-hmm. And I think that source lost its credibility a long time ago. And you need to rethink your positions. And I would take a neutral position and back up. So right now we are fighting, arguing over the border. Uh, We're arguing over transgender situations in our country. Uh, We are arguing over gun rights. All these things are sucking up the oxygen. In the meantime, uh, under the radar, we're involved in a major war, Mm. even though it's not declared. And I, I wonder how involved we really are. I mean, do we have troops over there that we don't know about? I, I, I got a feeling we do. They may call them advisors, 
They may call them um, mercenaries, but I think we have Americans over there right now carrying weapons. Yeah. Well, you know, we have American think tanks. Now, these think tanks, I, I remember back in uh, in the early years uh, when the Republicans had think tanks. And what a think tank does is they sit there and they look at the news. They look at all the plays that are out there, but they're not there for the good of all people. They're out there for the good of the people that put together their think tank right. and how they can manipulate and win, you know, uh, a fight or win uh, battleground states positions. That's what they're there to do. So these think tanks that they talk about, they don't really, you know, you have in, in your whatever it is you got going on, no relevance to them uh, unless it benefits them and the party they're representing. You know, uh, there's an old saying, uh, art imitates life. Uh, I was watching um, a new series, a mini series on uh, I believe Paramount Plus called Rabbit Hole, starring Kiefer Sutherland, which is pretty yeah. good. And uh, But in it, there is a sub-government that's running the whole thing, meaning the whole government. There is a deep state that's running everything. There are, there are shadowy, evil people behind the scenes. And I kind of think there must be. I mean, we all know about George Soros. Why would a guy like Soros be investing millions and millions and millions of his dollars into all of these different uh, efforts to undermine our society? Why do we have guys like Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum working so hard to put together a different type of government that controls the world? You know? Well, it, and those are all good questions. Of course, now you mentioned Soros. Uh, there's a network you may have heard of, you may not have, but actually they've got the infrastructure to be a big thing. And they were at one time in a kind of a different arena. That's Vice. Well, now. Yeah, I heard uh, about the, that. Yeah. They're the golden child. You know, they, they were growing big and they were making tens of billions of dollars a year. And now they filed for bankruptcy. Now, which is yeah. what's interesting is the Murdochs were heavily invested into vice, all right? But Soros to the rescue, he's buying and buying vice and take it will take it out of bankruptcy and turn it into a network of his choosing. But he also promises that it's going to you know, cripple and crumble uh, the folks over at Fox even more so than they are already. And I'm like going, oh, great. i got a question. Is it the same vice that we see on TV uh, that used to be part of the History Channel? There's a network called See, I Vice. don't know. I, yeah, they have the, the fancy little lettering Vice. They have all kinds of entertainment stuff, everything. Is it an internet-only thing, or do they have a cable network? That's I guess. I think they I, have a cable network. Well, if this, then, it, then I know who they are. Uh, they used to be part of the History Channel. I guess they must have sold the network off, but um, it doesn't surprise me because it wasn't a great entertainment network. Uh, you know, it all, you know, they, they forget one thing, these guys, it all boils down to entertainment. You know, yeah. speaking of entertainment, I watched a, a movie uh, yesterday, a man called Otto. It's on, uh, Netflix right, with Tom right. Hanks. And it was a, it was a pretty good movie, but it, it, it always drives me nuts when the media ceases the topic du jour, the topic of the day. The topic of the day, of course, now is transgenderism, 
And one of the characters in the movie uh, is a young kid who announces to Otto that, you know, uh, my father doesn't like me because uh, I'm transgender. And I thought, oh, come on. Now, I haven't read the book. My wife has read the book. I would probably be willing to bet you, because the book is probably a few years old, before the, you know, it takes a year to do the movie. Transgenderism wasn't in it, is what you're trying to say? Yeah, it probably was, he probably was a fat kid, or he probably was a mentally challenged kid in the book, or it probably was something else, and the media, in their infinite wisdom, decided, ah, let's change it it to something more topical, like transgenderism. Um, They do this all the time. I... As an advocate, I, I like to write scripts and things like that. Bill will tell you that. But, and I and I always check the websites for different movie companies and producers that are looking for product. And right now, it is one after the other. They they'll say wanted thriller, um, yeah, commercial with a social impact included. A social impact, a social topic. They want. Everything out of Hollywood to have some message now. Forget the fact that all we want is entertainment. All we want is a good movie. You know, we'd like maybe two hours of getting away from all this crap. And they don't want to give it to you. They want to give you a social message. Well, just because somebody is gay or transgender doesn't mean they're stupid. I mean, some of them are that we see in the news, like our uh, nuclear security guy that worked at the airport. But either way... You know, a lot of people that, I don't know what you want to say, that well, let's just say they're gay or transgendered. They've worked their way into certain important roles where they make decisions, they do the hiring, and they surround themselves with like people. Yeah. Take Hollywood, you know, you get a guy that comes in as an assistant producer, then he becomes a producer. Oh, sure. Well, then he gets to hire other producers He's going to not openly say, yeah, I'm looking for another gay sidekick, but he is. You know, I'm looking for somebody that is a woke writer, and that's what they look for. And once they build that network, now they have control of, you know, what what people see and hear, and that is how you influence a society. What I don't understand, though, is why some of the – wealthy people on the right, I'm talking about the billionaires on the right, don't uh, create uh, competitive, conservative entertainment platforms. I'm talking about companies that make movies that are uh, appealing, you know, maybe maybe traditional, uh, maybe patriotic movies. Uh, they don't... and. They shy away from this. They, they back. They back away from creating this kind of product. And I think, wait, there's something wrong with this. You know? Well, I think American patriotism has been lost and has been for a long time because we don't promote it and sell it anymore in our schools. From the early years on up, it's been put aside, and then we've introduced all this woke stuff to in 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 the fundamental growing years and developmental years, and all of a sudden. You know, America has changed as a people. I think the world has changed as a people. So the door has been opened. I don't agree with this door being opened, but we're going to have to sit there and fight back. I, I wanted to go and touch on one thing that uh, you mentioned earlier. You mentioned the, uh, I read, the show. But while, while you're looking at that, Bill, I read where um, they asked a bunch of high school kids uh, mm-hmm. about, tell us something about George Washington. George Washington, right? You know what they answered? 
he owned slaves. They didn't say he was the first president of the United States. They didn't say he led our country through the American Revolution to victory and to independence. No, no. The first thing that these kids answered was, he owned slaves. And that's what they're teaching them in high school today. The negative, the woke stuff. Well, you know, the Bidens own slaves. Pelosi owns slaves. As a matter of fact, uh, Schiff and Schumer own slaves. Oh, who are they? You. You are the slaves to their propaganda. But, um, you know, you mentioned a show called The Rabbit Hole, which I watched, too. It's a great show. I think the uh, finale was on this past Sunday, and yeah, I haven't got to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it, so don't spoil it for me. You but, know what happened? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Was there somebody from Google in it? Because apparently a senior Google software engineer jumped to his death from New York City headquarters. He's the second employee to commit suicide this year. Well, and you know what they did in the they... rabbit hole, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, going, wow, yeah. that's right off the TV. Yeah, that one of the uh, characters, uh, about two episodes into the series, uh, does a swan dive off of a high rise in, in New York. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, by the way, in that movie, uh, Man Called Otto, yeah. uh, they start off by saying there's a disclaimer at the beginning, you know, suicide is terrible and. You know, uh, if you are sensitive, you may not want to watch this because a few different uh, uh, things relating to suicide are, are depicted in our film. And I thought, what are they talking about? Then I watched the movie, and f for the first half of the movie, all this guy tries to do is kill himself. And he, and he fails each time. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it, I would think that if it were a conservative movie, they'd be all over it. But mm -hmm. they're not—they're uh, not all over this, you know. I mean, no, they're not. But anyway, another interesting thing: Tucker Carlson. Have you heard about him? What he's going to go nuclear on Fox? Apparently, you're saying what? Uh, he's planning to torch Fox News in an effort to free himself from a contract that blocks him from working at other networks or even to create a rival network to Fox. He's been in talks. Would you believe? with Elon Musk about creating another network. And uh, if you're going to talk to anybody about creating another network, you talk to the richest man on the planet. And, uh, you know, and the other thing I thought was interesting over the weekend is somebody kept saying, well, you know, Elon Musk came from money. And Elon no, Musk, he didn't. He, no. fired, he fired back and said, no, 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 no. He had a rotten childhood. Yeah, he had no money. His father was low to, low to middle class. Uh, he didn't own an emerald mine like a lot of people in the press have been saying. Uh, this kid came across, he, came to, he went to Canada first with his mom so he could get an education. And uh, he's self-made. Yeah, but they don't. They don't he want to. He is tell you the that. American dream, which you don't have to be in America to uh, have the dream. You just got to have the will and desire. So America is becoming anything but the American dream. Yeah. anymore. They don't want to tell you that though. They really they want to make it sound like it was easy for him, and he fell into it. The fact yeah. that he worked his tail off to uh, to get where he is today that means nothing. It doesn't fit the narrative of the deep state. And maybe they're a little nervous because, you know, no matter what he says, he does a lot of things that are kind of conservative, that kind of lean right. And, and the more he does stuff, the more right he gets. 
Uh, so, you know, it's, it was bad enough that they had to deal with a Trump, but a Trump and then an Elon Musk. Uh, and then well, they're trying to paint him as a crazy guy to Elon. And, you know, if, if, if the left doesn't like you, you're crazy, you're this, you're that, you know, they're going to come out with every name in the book to throw at you. And that's what they do. I don't know whether you heard about this story, too. A billionaire has purchased uh, the island owned by Jeffrey Epstein. Why? Uh, he's going to build a resort on it. His name what is kind of Stephen. The guy's name is Stephen Deckoff. He's a billionaire investor. Uh, made the purchase of the Great St. James and Little St. James Islands through, and he names the company, uh, Deckoff, a resident of the U.S. Virgin Islands since 2011 plans to develop a five-star luxury resort on the island. My question is, why would you allow anybody to sell that island? Isn't it still like a crime scene? Isn't it still evidence to a certain extent? I mean, this guy's going to go in there, I would imagine, and, and le just, level everything and rebuild. And if there was, if there were crimes that were, you know, that took place there, uh, it's going to disappear with his, his redevelopment. I wouldn't walk on the soil there unless I were in a hazmat suit. <laughs> Top to bottom. <laughs> yes. Just say it. That's yes. all. That's, you, but that's me. You'd hey, spray uh, the place down with Clorox first. Is yeah, that what you're fly saying? Fly a plane over and drop the Clorox. <laughs> bleach that whole island right there. So, you know, you heard a lot last week about uh, Trump and uh, what's her name? Uh, e. Jean Carroll. Uh, oh, that, yeah. But, yeah. And now, now it's kind of quiet on it, you know, because Trump, you know, basically came back in the deposition they played. But, you know, the, the thing you don't hear about is Tara Reid. You know, now she's the yeah. lady that accuses Biden back in 2009 of, you know. Sexually rape. molesting him. Her yeah, the digitizing, he, which he's done to a lot of women. Yeah, he pushed her. And I, was she the one that he pushed into a corner? And said, yeah. Well, I heard you wanted me, which means that in his Democratic inner circle, hey, go get Tara. She she wants to. By the she way, wants you, Joe. Not that we are. We should judge anybody by this because God knows I'm overweight. But uh, if you look at Tara Reid today, she's kind of a middle-aged woman who's a, a little heavier than she, I'm sure she wants to be, but. There are probably reasons, psychological reasons for that. And people may say, well, why would Biden have done? If you look at pictures of Tara Reid in 1993, she was a beautiful young woman who, uh, you know, was very, very attractive. Very, very attractive. I mean, she was really nice. And uh, you've got to wonder whether that attack by Biden didn't have a psychological effect on her. Well, you got to wonder if there's something that she's worried about because she's come forward because she's come out with a statement now saying, look, if anything happens to me uh, between now and trial time, uh, all roads lead to Biden. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Yep. You know, so uh, but why isn't the media talking about it? They don't talk about it. They it does that story does not exist. Well, the media is uh, protecting Biden. It's as simple as that. They're doing it openly and actively. As a matter of fact, I got to play a cut for you. Speaking of the media and Biden, uh, George Steffi Stephanopoulos, uh, he was on ABC this weekend talking about the latest Washington Post ABC poll on Biden. And you've got to hear this. 
Political director Rick Klein here to break it down. And Rick, this poll is just brutal for President Biden. Absolutely, George. And you talked earlier about that record low approval rating for President Biden. It's actually six points down just since February. And the skepticism over his leadership extends deep inside his own party. Only 36% of Democrats think that their party should nominate Joe Biden for a second term. 58% say they would uh, support someone else or prefer someone else. That's despite the fact that the entire DNC and most of the Democratic establishment has rallied behind President Biden. And you're seeing real weaknesses in the coalition that powered Joe Biden to the presidency back in, in 2020. Biden carried independence by 13 points against Donald Trump. He is now trailing Trump by nine points among those same voters. He carried black voters by 75 points in 2020. Now he is up just 35. That may sound like a lot, but the fact of the matter is, in, in modern politics, that is not the kind of number that a Democrat needs to be victorious. And then, of course, that, that does spill over into the head-to-head -head matchup, the hypothetical rematch, Trump versus Biden. Right now, a seven-point edge in our poll from uh, in Trump leading Biden. And, and, and in fact, it's an identical number with Ron DeSantis in a head-to-head -head that might happen next November. That tells us at this very early stage, George, that this race is shaping up a lot more about the incumbent president, Joe Biden, than it is about any of his challengers. And Rick, as I mentioned with Senator Langford, President Trump, at least right now, appears to be strengthening his hold on the front runner, on his front runner status for the Republican nomination. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've seen Donald Trump's numbers go up in the last couple of months across a range of polls, and most of the other candidates either going down or staying around the same. Ron DeSantis at 20%. Of course, that is not even half Trump's total right now. Everyone else in the single digits, that includes our ABC News contributor Chris Christie, who's considering a run of his own. He's at 1% in this poll. And when we ask people to, to focus focus in on the top candidates, to choose just among the top contenders, you actually see Trump's number go up a little bit. Ron DeSantis does as well, but still, he's nowhere near where Donald Trump is across the country. The other candidates, again, still in the mid or low single digits. And this is interesting because all, despite all of that, despite the strength that we're seeing for Donald Trump right now, a strong majority of Americans think he should be facing criminal charges across a range of investigations, including on this one, 56% say that he should face charges over his attempts to overturn the 2020 election. What's interesting to me about this, George, is that even among that 56%, the people that think that, yes, Trump should face criminal charges, 18% say they would vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden anyway. That tells you a lot about Trump's potential strength, but maybe more than that, some of Biden's weaknesses. And that question of age that, that you mentioned earlier that Joe Biden has been trying to address, Donald Trump is, is less than four years younger than Joe Biden, but the concerns over Biden's age are much more significant. 68% of voters say they think that Joe Biden is too old for an additional term. Only 44% say the same about Donald Trump. Rick, I got to admit, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. You've got one in five people who say they believe President Trump should be fa should face criminal charges, but they still vote for him. It, it is it is remarkable, and I do think once there's a matchup with an actual person, maybe that changes. But that just tells you about how much Trump is kind of baked into the political equation. Now there's a poll from ABC Washington Post, and it shows that Biden is in the tank, but they still gotta make it Trump. They got to mm -hmm. make it Trump. They said, well, you know, uh, Trump is less than four years younger than Biden. No, it isn't a matter of age. It's a matter that, that Biden is diminished right now. Biden is uh, a guy who's going to a mental problem right now. Well, they're trying to make this uh, a crime thing about Trump. They've been doing that since yeah. when he started running. And, you know, I, I think it stems back to one person that's, that is engineering all of that, but we're not going to go there. 
The simple fact is they have never proven anything, and I don't like that defense. Well, you haven't proven anything, which is an admission of guilt. I don't know that there's any guilt there. No. And if you take any politician, no matter how squeaky clean they are, you can find something that you can accuse them of. They're, trying, know, but, they're, try, they're trying to make it sound like uh, you. it's a crime to say the election was stolen. They really right. are. If you, they, they're trying yeah. to, they, would, they would make it a crime that you and I talk about it. I mean, for a while, social media was deplatforming people who were saying that, or they would put, or they would put a label on you for saying it. Uh, oh, we know. we had our YouTube channel dumped because, and we would even qualify the story. Well, you know what? Uh, this in election news that the election was stolen, and we would qualify. You know, even though we believed it was stolen, and right. we still do, we qualify it because it was our opinion, and we were just giving a story. You can't talk about it. Yeah. Wait a minute. What do you mean you can't talk about it? You can't talk about it because. It's taboo to you. It's it's it never happened. This is an upside down world. I mean, I, I think about when I hear the story like you just said, and 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 I think about uh, the riots back in 2020 when the NBC, NBC reporter was standing in front of a burning building, and he was saying to the audience that this is a mostly peaceful demonstration. Mm -hmm. Behind him, a building was engulfed in flames, and people were throwing stuff at it. And he was calling it a peaceful demonstration. This is a news media that says, forget your your lying eyes. Believe what we say. Don't look at the images. Don't believe what you see. Believe what we tell you. Uh, before we end the program, Bill, I wanted to read this too. You hear about this? Ukraine says it downed a hypersonic Russian missile with U.S. air defense system. It says that oh, yeah. they downed a, a hypersonic Russian missile. Uh, I think they used the Patriot missile system. I was going to gonna say, down. yeah, it is the Patriot system that we sent over there, uh, and they used it. But you know what scares me about the Ukraine is that we've given them all this hardware, and when the war is over, do we take it back? No. So if they get in a, uh, a, a tough with us, oh, they're going to use our own hardware, our own weaponry, weaponry, uh, against uh, us. Now, you know, we even bought uh, one of the, it's an older jet, but the MiG-29, very, mm -hmm. very agile jet, very good jet. Mm -hmm. We have something like 21 or 29 of them. We've given some to the Ukraine. We bought them for them. Uh, we bought them to, uh, to study them because it was, I think, uh, one of our jets out there, it's a little faster than the other one. It's a little sl slower than. It's right in the middle. Mm -hmm. But it's more agile yeah. than yeah. Uh, our jets. And it's kind of a you know evil-looking jet when you look at it dead on, standing in front of the nose of it. But the yeah. point is, we're buying them and giving them hardware that you know we don't even want to go up against. Uh, you know? It's called the Kinshul, K-I-N. Z-H-A-L, yeah. it means dagger. It's a hypersonic missile we brought down, which is amazing, yeah. hypersonic. Um, another thing I read, and I haven't got the story in front of me, maybe you, uh, a uh, first of all, a biopharmaceutical uh, company CEO, uh, she died in a car crash in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, fiery car, car crash. Uh, it seemed kind of strange. Uh, they even said it's under investigation. I guess she and her passenger just drove into a tree. 
uh, for no apparent reason. Well, those trees down there, I used to live in the uh, the research triangle, so They're, I know. They, they jump out into the road right in front of you. I'm sure they do. Also, uh, I think I read where another processing plant, food processing plant mm-hmm. caught fire and yeah. burned. We're losing a lot of those things. A lot of our food processing plants are going up in smoke. We've talked about this over the year. I think we figured that it's well over 100 around the world, and a whole bunch in our country have uh, have burned for no apparent reason. Uh, have you noticed the quality of the food that we're getting today is not up to snuff? Yeah. It's just not as good at as, you know, whether you're talking about prepackaged food or you're talking about uh, the fruits and the vegetables and whatnot like I love my veggies. I steam my veggies all the time. I don't do seasoning on them. I love them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And there's fruits that I like, like too because, you know, I got to where I said I got to get on a health kick and, and start, you know, taking care of, you know, what God gave me. Um, but th- that also means, you know, the prepackaged food, there are things, and I look at the labels and everything, but what I'm seeing now is that what we're getting is crapola. And, um, you know, it's almost like, they want us to get sick. They want us to die. Uh, that everything that we do, whether it's the medicines we take or whatnot, uh, they're slowly killing us. And hooray for, by the way, the vaxxers, because I know I, I did a checkup last week. Oh, are you vaccinated? No. Do you want to get vaccinated? No. Oh, because you would have to do a series of shots. Really? Now, these shots, are they all different shots or are they the same shot? Well, uh, they're the same shot. Congratulations to everybody that got four or five or six doses of the same medicine, and you can still get sick from it. Well, uh, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me I shouldn't have gotten the first two. Okay, I'm not talking about those two. I'm talking about everything since, because when you did it, you you had trust and faith in the government, which we all did, um, or most of us did, and uh, as well you should. We, we grew up believing in our government, but now they've proven that, you know, liar, liar, pants on fire. And it's, they want to, they want to, they want to diminish our population worldwide. They've said it at the World Economic Forum. Bill Gates has said it that like a perfect world of about 550 million people, which when you think about it is a lot of people to remove because we've got 330 million in the U.S. right now and growing in leaps and numbers based upon the people coming across our southern border, and uh, they would like to see that population shrunk by a lot. Well, you know, a nuclear war between the United States and Russia is estimated to take out 6.9 billion people. Does that put us close to that number? Well, there you go. (laughs) What do you know? Maybe maybe that's the answer. Hey, friends, that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, Once again, if you want to reach us, our number is 833-538-7868. And, of course, there's mail at itsanotherday.com, so please uh, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know where you're listening. Yeah, we Uh, really want to know. It's a little uh, kind of an informal research project that Bill and I are doing. Uh, Bill said it. We're trying to use your information against the, the analytics that we have, and uh, we're trying to see whether it makes any sense. So if you would take a moment, even if it's just to put an email together that says, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Mexico or South, uh, someplace in South America or Thailand or whatever, wherever you're listening, put it on a, an email and send it to us so we can kind of put our 
our statistics yeah. together, make well, sense of it. Yeah, we'll put it in uh, ID promos and stuff like that, too, on CRN America, which is up and running again. We had problems with it. We had a problem with the host, which was out of uh, the United Kingdom. We are now streaming out of Canada, <laughs> of all places. We're all over the place. So, uh, yeah, you can go there and get the link. It's also on itsanotherday.com. You can see it and listen to it. We're going to change the player on it soon. But uh, I think Otto is our technician back there, uh, Autopilot. Is, yes, uh, working Autopilot. Uh, he's, he's a fantastic worker, isn't he? He really is. He's up yeah. 24-7. <laughs> hey, Bill, have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. All right, see you then. Adios. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?